Hello, Cyberpunks. I'm your host, Brendan Lupus Damon Sandifer, and welcome to our Cyberpunk podcast where we discuss various cyberpunk media. Uh, with me today, we have Barry. Hello. Graham. Hi. Gross. <laughs> Manthanar. Hello. And Sammy. I am so glad I was muted because I laughed so hard at Grim. Hello. <laughs> that makes one of us. <laughs> well, we also have whoever decides they want to pop in at whatever time. Yes. Um, but that is who so is today, here for the moment. Yes. Today we will discuss Deus Ex, the video game series spanning between 2000 and 2017. If you Originally do not want owned... to hear spoilers, then skip forward now. Originally owned by Eidos Interactive until twenty nine or uh, two thousand nine, and then owned by uh, Square Enix Europe, this game has definitely made its mark on the genre of cyberpunk. And I'll we'll get into that in a little bit, but. The first game, Deus Ex, takes place during 2052, while the world is facing a crisis caused by a mysterious nanovirus called the Grey Death. In the midst of the crisis, J.C. Denton, a nano-augmented rookie agent for the United Nations Anti-Terrorist Coalition, or UNATCO, is sent to eliminate terrorist cells, but ends up drawn into the various schemes of rival factions and secret societies who are responsible for the epidemic. Once he arrives in Area 51, Denton has a choice between neutralizing technology and plunging the world into a second dark age, allying with the Illuminati, or merging with an advanced AI so as to impose a benevolent dictatorship. We then get into Invisible War, which takes place 20 years later after a uh, massive economic depression and pe period of war called the Collapse that was indicated by Denton's actions and a combination of possible events from the first game. The, pro uh, the protagonist of Invisible War is Alex D., a clone of Denton. And he's drawn into a conflict between two seemingly opposing factions and learns of conspiratorial, yes, conspiratorial factors, or factions rather, which seek to drastically change the world. Go figure. Uh, including J.C. Denton. Hmm. Alex can perform missions of, for any of them and eventually becomes able to choose whether, uh, or not, sorry, Choose which organization should rule the world. Then we get into human revolution, and we'll discuss on whether or not the Square Enix games are actually Deus Ex or not. But uh, we get to human revolution, and that is set in 2027, 25 years before the first title where corporations have extended their influence past the reach of global governments and the development of biomechanical augmentation by a few elite and powerful companies threatens to destabilize society. 
The game follows Adam Jensen, the security chief for biotech company, Seraph Industries. After a devastating attack on Seraph's headquarters, which leaves him near death, Adam is forced to undergo radical augmentation surgery, and he becomes embroiled both in the search for the attackers and the political and ethical repercussions of augmentation technology. The Fall, which is one of the um, DLCs for Human Revolution, I believe, um, is a parallel story set after the spin-off novel Icarus Effect. It follows the story of Ben Saxon, an augmented former British SAS mercenary, who's on the run from his former employers, a group of augmented mercenaries that play a crucial part in the plot of Human Revolution. Um, we then get on to Mankind Divided, which is set in 2029, coming up rather shortly. Um, two years after the events of Human Revolution in a world, dealing with the consequences of the previous game's events. The previous game being Human Revolution. Regardless of the choices made by Adam at the end of Human Revolution, the Illuminati have twisted his message and augmented individuals are persecuted and feared. A disillusioned Adam works with an international task force, hinted to be a precursor to to UNATCO and Deus Ex, designed to stop the rising wave of terrorism brought on by the disenfranchised and desperate augmented while working to uncover the perpetrators of the events that led to the current state of the world. Um, And that's as best as I could do for spoiler-free summarizations. But before we get into the whole, is this game series cyberpunk or not, and what it adds... I would like to say that this franchise has actually made its mark on the world of prosthetics, specifically with the company Open Bionics. Now, for those of you that didn't see the article that came out in 2017, 2018, um, Open Bionics has a prosthetic arm, all 3D printed stuff called... Uh, the hero arm. And it's actually a very um, advanced form of prosthetic. Um, and with that, they have a sleeve specifically designed after the look of Adam Jensen's arms in Deus Ex, uh, Human Revolution, and Mankind Divided, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, is Deus Ex Cyberpunk? Uh, Mathadar, you seem to have some pretty strong opinions on this one. Why don't we start with you? Sure, although I'm very disappointed we're trying to do this on one episode. I could talk about Deus Ex for three weeks, let alone <laughs> the sequels. But very well, well, I'll try and see what I can do. All right, well, um, I guess I'll do a TLDR instead of doing a full-length one because we only have so much time. All right. Well, uh, one, yes, it is incredibly cyberpunk, especially the first game. 
Um, it is also the most forward-looking game, talking about actual events that shape the entirety of human civilization and uh, what kind of threats we might face in the future. In fact, it was so prophetic that it actually talked about terrorism more than any other game prior to 9-11, because it came out before the actual terrorist attack in 9-11. Um, it also looked successfully guessed that we were going to form this Homeland Defense Security Force. In this case, UNATCO, but uh, in the wake of the Statue of Liberty bombing, um, which is not a spoiler because it happens like the first part of the game. <laughs> no, no spoiler in the first part. Um, but also the fact that the entirety of society starts getting hollowed out um, and you start getting a lot of homegrown terrorists that start trying to take advantage of it. Um, specifically dealing with Bob Page and the Illuminati trying to develop an artificial AI that can process mass amounts of information in order to shape humanity in the direction it goes, uh, both with Daedalus and later Icarus. I'm not going to say much about them because I don't want to cause spoilers unless we're doing spoiler tech stuff. I'll wait on that. Um, but uh, also related to when you were mentioning the virus going on, the fact that it was introduced from China, created in a lab, and sent forward across the world is a kind of a big topic there uh, that uh, has a lot of modern relevance in regards to that. Um, as for the actual punk of cyberpunk, there's a lot of that in the game, especially since you do, in fact, break away from the government at some point in the game. I won't specify when. And go on an expedition across the entire world dealing with conspiracies that I'm not going to list out or else I would kind of ruin it. But a lot of them. A lot of them real conspiracies as well as mixed with uh, fictional ones, um, which is very cool. Uh, the amount of uh, cybernetics and the way they are played is very accurate. Um, and uh, they actually do discuss what kind of benefits or negatives it has regarding a person who has been augmented, um, as well as nano-augments, which is a newer thing. Uh, some of the initial augments, like the one Bob Page has, that was the minimum amount he could have, versus the ones that J.C. Denton has and his brother has. Um, it also asks some uh, existential questions in regards to humanity, what are places in it as we advance, and uh, how much companies, the media, other corporate interests shape humanity, and how can we fight against that? Is there even a way to fight against that? How do you break away from their control? Things like that. And sometimes the people who are bad guys may not necessarily be as bad as you might think, especially if you actually do research on what they said and the historical implications thereof. I think that's the best I can do without spoiling the first game uh, in regards to that. Um, as regards to it being cyberpunk, very much so. Pretty much 100%. You're dealing with corporate corporations. You're dealing with dark groups trying to control the media, talking about terrorism like it's going out of fashion just constantly, and trying to twist, and uh, the poor people becoming poorer and the rich becoming much more wealthy and rich, um, which leads to a lot of strife, a lot of death and destruction. Um, and cybernetics is a huge part of the game, uh, as you might expect, and the sequels as well, although there are many themes in the... Uh, original game, and I will say this about the sequels. Infinity War decided to take the modern kind of veneer of it and change it quite a bit, 
Um, it still Enix. was. Yeah. Well, oh. Infinity War was not Square Enix. I Sorry, I, I heard Infinity Ward, which is a game uh, company. No, 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 no. Sorry. Um, Invisible War. I called Infinity. I, it's Invisible War. Um, <laughs> which goes basically full sci-fi and refuses to go back to the modern kind of way things were, which kind of removed a lot of the punch from some of it. Plus, it was designed for consoles, so a lot of the writing was shorter. You're not going to be quoting Alexis de Tocqueville unless you're J.C. Denton in that game. Um, as for the AI merging with humanity, possibly, uh, you'll have to go and take a look at that yourself in regards to that game. I will say that uh, some of the concepts brought forth in the game were quite fascinating and are worth exploring. Even though the gameplay itself was unfortunately curbtailed because of console-ified nature, because it was designed for the Xbox instead of PC primarily, and that shows in every step of the whole game. Um, now, as for the newer series, they uh, with uh, Human Revolution and with... Uh, was it Mankind Divided? Yeah. Those games the, uh, not... These are the Square Enix games. Yes, those are Square Enix games. Those games are not cyberpunk. Do they have cybernetic technology in them? Yes. There's nothing punk about them. They only talk about cybernetics as if it means everything. There is no... There's no topic other than cybernetics. It keeps coming back to cybernetics no matter what you do. Like, Everything. And there's also no logic behind why the cybernetics is talked about as much as it is, considering most jobs don't even need cybernetics in order to perform. What, you need cybernetics to be a waiter? No, there's no reason that would take your job. You need cybernetics to do uh, paperwork? No, there's no reason that should take your job. Most primary jobs that exist would not be affected, so there's no reason for the effect on society it has in both uh, human revolution as well as mankind divided, to the degree that it just annoyed the heck out of me. I did read them, uh, the stories on both games. I did watch playthroughs of both games, although I had to adjust it because Human Revolution is very yellow and Mankind Divided is very yellow as well, to the point yeah, where my eyes hurt when I was trying to watch it. So, uh, whoever the art designers were on that game, someone needed to be fired. Plus, they decided they wanted to try and make a game with the veneer claiming to be Human Revolution and even including Bob Page, but yet they failed to do one big thing. They failed to make the game they wanted to make. They wanted to make uh, metal, uh, yellow metal gear in the Akira and, you know, ghost in the Akira, and they decided not to do that. You know, obviously they wanted to make metal gear, ghost in the Akira, yellow edition, but they didn't make that game. Instead, they had to make the X, so they took those concepts, threw them in, and it didn't make any sense. Like the world's largest techno city making absolutely no sense when compared to the first games. Also, what, that's going to be built in the next six years? I don't think so. You know, there's there's a lot of things that make no sense in that game if you're actually using the same uh, timeline. And even if you adjust the timeline, it doesn't make sense from when the game came out in 2014. Like, what, in 12 years you're going to have the world's largest technology? I don't think so. That doesn't make any sense. Also, the screaming women thing just kind of confused the heck out of me. Anyway, um, there are parts of both games that have cyberpunk elements, but that is all. The themes are completely lost in the newer games. All they do is cyberpunk, 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 and transhumanism, and that's it. 
Transhumanism is something that was in the original Deus Ex, but it wasn't the main focus, at least for most of the game. There are moments. <laughs> Instead, it deals with all the other cultural implications and companies, which is honestly much more interesting. Um, the way people reacted in the combat to Deus Ex, for example, was very clever. If you shot someone with a uh, tranquilizer, for example, guess what? They don't just go unconscious instantly. That's not how tranquilizers work. They ran around screaming, maybe setting off alarm before they passed out. Mm -hmm. If you shoot someone with a pistol, they would actually run away because they're scared for their life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know things like that. And if you're a cyborg, you could get damaged on your limbs and still go along. Like, say, if you get your legs crippled, you could still crawl around. You're a cyborg. Mm. You know, <laughs> it's not going to kill you. You're not bleeding out. Your legs are not really your legs. They're like cybernetic versions of them. So, um some of the inventory management was a problem in the first game. Um, Invisible War did better at it, uh, but they like they simplified the food to be an only one. But they also oversimplified the ammunition system, where it's really only one type of ammo, as opposed to the first game where there's many different types of ammunition. You'd actually find, like say, personal guards would probably be carrying pistol ammunition. Someone's military would be carrying rifle ammunition, or, like heavy ammunitions. So it actually makes sense. Like, what kind of weapon are they carry that's so much ammunition? Visible War, it's just universal ammo. That's it. You fire a rocket launcher, a laser gun, or a pistol, it's all universal ammo, which makes no sense whatsoever. But, it, you, okay, you used to have to use a lockpick or an electronic hacking thing in the first game. Let's just use a magic wand of unlocking in Invisible War. Everything just unlocks hmm. then. What? The writing... In the newer games, Human Revolution and Mankind Divided is painful. It's not human behavior. Like, say, for example, everyone is judging you on everything you do when there's no way they would even know about it. You go talk to anyone and their mother and they know exactly what you just did, even though there's no way they would know that. Mm -hmm. If you fought against terrorists, the actual police that were there would say, hey, that's terrible. Why did you, why did you attack those those?" Those people, like, well, I don't know. They're shooting at the cops with automatic machine guns, and they're basically saying, "What? Well, you can't, you know, interrogate a corpse. What? I'm sorry. They're shooting at you with a semi-automatic machine gun. Um, you're complaining that I killed them? What? That doesn't make any sense. The, anyway, also the kind of pacing is way off in uh, Human Revolution as well. It's just mostly underwritten or overwritten but badly written, and others. I think whoever was the writer really should have done the research on Deus Ex before they went in, or at least read some of the William Gibson or other novels before they actually tried going in and writing it, because it was just yeah. painful. Anyway, that's so just you, uh, that's my thoughts on the game. So you, I have a uh, question. To, real quick, just to confirm that I'm, I got this right. Your thoughts are neither are none of these games in the genre are in the series are cyberpunk, but they're all cyberpunk-related. No, that's incorrect. I said the original game is cyberpunk. Okay. Invisible War others... goes more towards science fiction fantasy. And human Revolution human is Revolution not cyberpunk. Mankind it takes a few themes, not. and the same for Mankind Divided. Gotcha. They basically decided to go with modern, modernized take on what's going on modern politics in Mankind Divided, which makes no sense if it's supposed to be a prequel to the other games. So, they basically screwed their own world building over. If they wanted to make a, a name it something else for those two games, I would have been probably okay with it, even though the writing would have been subpar. 
the actual gameplay in Human Revolution and Mankind Divide is pretty good. Like, I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, it's just, I wish the rest of the game was written as well. All right. Barry? Uh, yes. Uh, you mentioned there's issues with the inventory system. Uh, what type of inventory system do they use? Is it uh, space-based? Is it white-based? Is it a combination of that? Have you ever played it's Resident Red. Evil? Um, not directly, but I've seen gameplay of it. You, you have you have a grid. It's like a grid inventory, so everything yeah. takes up different oh, sizes. Space based. Um, okay. Yeah. Yes. So if you have a rifle, it uses up less. Like if you ever played I Divine Cybermancy, which I do want to put on our list at some point, I have even though it's heard definitely of that one. Warhammer. It's it's got a lot of cybernetic elements. It's very punk, but it's more based on Warhammer than it is on the other. But it's not actually Warhammer. It's its own thing. Mm. You can look up a trailer online at some point. Um, there's very few people talking about it, it seems. I've played it for years. <laughs> so, that's why I'm Send me... Mathadar, send me the name of that, and I'll add it to the list. Yes. Okay. Um... Uh, sorry, any so... questions? I heard questions. Oh, that was I my think question. it was just berries. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, my thoughts on the game... And I, I will say, I haven't actually played Deus Ex, the original, or in, uh, Invisible War, but I've seen gameplay of both. Um, mostly because I don't have a PC that can really run any game, let alone games that old anymore. So, so um... I just haven't been able to go back and play those, but uh, for Human Revolution and Mankind Divided, I have played those. And while I will say, uh, Invisible or Invisible War just kind of verges, like you said, into more sci-fi and fantasy than actual cyberpunk. I personally feel that. Um, the original Deus Ex game takes a look more at the cyberpunk as it was, you know, when it was at the height of its popularity in the 80s, than what, uh, and the Square Enix Deus Ex games take a look more at cyberpunk as it is currently. Or as it was in the 2010s. Um, and a lot of people's gateway into cyberpunk is through those games. Or was through those games. With um, various experiences from playing as Adam Jensen in this entire storyline. Now, I feel that... Um, Human Revolution and Mankind Divided are cyberpunk because they hit those. Obviously, they kind of overdo it on cybernetics. Um, but you also have the main elements, too. You got the corporations that are just kind of controlling everything. You got the dystopian world. Got the futuristic setting. 
there's a couple other elements that I'm thinking of, but I can't figure out how to put them into words. So I'm not going to. Um, overall, I'd say they did hit the cyberpunk element, but just barely. I'd say they just barely hit that genre line of cyberpunk. Um, I do feel that Mankind Divided was a little too political. Uh, a little too what's going on current day and not what's going on or what would be what could be going on in a futuristic setting but I mean the way everything was going that's kind of how it seems we're headed just not so much augmented versus unaugmented uh, but those are my thoughts Graham, Barry, Sammy anyone? Having never played it, I have no idea. Grim, Sammy. Um, this is probably one of my weakest cyberpunk things that we're going to be talking about. I couldn't think of the word I wanted to say, so I said things. Subjects, that's it, subjects. This is probably one of my weakest subjects. Talk, uh, we'll be talking about <laughs> in terms of cyberpunk so I honestly have nothing to contribute other than video game looked fun yes. never played it yeah. which video game did you see no idea <laughs> like I said that, that's, that's as far as my knowledge goes did it, video okay, game did it. looked fun that's about it <laughs> Did it have more of a blue hue? No idea. more of a yellow hue? Can't tell you. Don't remember. It was probably modern. That's about all I can remember. <laughs> if it was probably modern, then it's probably one of the Square Enix games. Again, no idea. That is literally all I can contribute. <laughs> Grim, thoughts? You're muted. You're muted. Can you hear me? Okay, good. No, um, you're not muted. Good. So I feel it is cyberpunk, like Lucas said. Um, I feel uh, my only real experience with this is, uh, are the later two, the sex, uh, human revolution, and mankind divided. That's where I hopped into the series at. Um, in fact, until today, I didn't even know there were two prequel prequels to those two. Um, Whoops. Uh, but I do feel it is uh, cyberpunk. You have the elements there. The only real thing is that uh, it's a bit more cybernetic involved than um, the normal cyberpunk games or media. Okay, anything else you want to add? Nope. Yep. All right. Uh, 
and does it add to the genre overall? I'm going to start with Grim. I feel it does. Like Lucas said, we have seen uh, even some real life applications of uh, of this uh, games technology. Um, I feel like you know, it made the cyber optics and cyber limbs even more. Uh, I'm going to use the word mainstream, but um, more, you know, more people were able to get there, get, uh, see it, and kind of connect with it. All right. Barry, any thoughts? Um, uh, my, literally, my only question right now is: Are are the spoilers over? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Okay, because that's really the only uh, thing I'm. I feel like I'm contributing to this. Just the little spoiler text. So, All right. spoilers are over. Yay! Uh, past that, I've never played any of these games. I don't recall any actual gameplay footage of these games. I'm simply here to record the episode today, and aside from that, I'm just like, uh, I don't know, sounds like fun. Games, yay! <laughs> Next. Uh, I will... All right, well, Barry, you know more about Cyberpunk. <laughs> um... Hmm. Say again, Mathadar? Oh, I was just going to say, um, let me know if you want me to talk any more about it, and how we can actually talk spoilers. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll let you know. Um, so... You were about to ask me something? <laughs> yeah. Um, Cyberpunk 2020. Yes? Did it have anything about arm... Blades, either uh, blades hidden in the arms or arm blades mounted to the arms. I mean, Cyberpunk twenty twenty does have uh, mantis blades. Okay, I didn't know if it actually had mantis blades in it or not. I'm pretty sure it does. It might not I'm be in the core check. book, but it is definitely somewhere in the twenty twenty content. I'll double check. Because um, I well, remember at... it being a part of gameplay 20 years ago when I was first playing it. Even when I was not first playing it, before anything past 2020 existed for Cyberpunk, the role-playing game. Alright. Um... I'm not finding anything on Mantis Blades... In huh. 2020. That's because they weren't called Blades; They were called something else. I uh, what what they, they were called, I cannot remember. But I know that they do exist in 2020. What they're called, no idea. Ah. And Randy's not here to answer that question. I have so... some papers like Arms Reach Away... But I'm still recording, so uh, and since yeah, this is not part of it. this exact topic, I've got to wait till we're done recording 
before I uh, look it up. Right. So I was going to say um, it added only a little bit, but it really it didn't really add anything to the cyberpunk genre. Mm. I mean, it added a, a cool-looking character and the, you know, I mean, just kind of different cybernetics that people really didn't think about. But mm-hmm. uh, our, at least other than our Talsorian, from what I could tell. But, um, other than that, yeah, nothing really. Um, Mathadar, your thoughts? On what this game, or game series added to the genre? Quite a bit. I was going to say, I, especially at least for gaming, because that's the thing, is if, if you just mean in terms of the genre as a whole, I, I'm it basically uses a lot of concepts that either existed in it either around the same time or it existed prior but hadn't been shown in the game before. Too I mean, because that's the thing is when you say added to it, I just have to sit here and blink and be like, well, I guess more of a what the world would look like in a few years based on predictions from the late 90s. Um, and how that the uh, cyberpunk elements would work their way into the society and how they would be implemented. Like, if this were implemented realistically, gotta love it when kids make a lot of noise behind me there. <laughs> hmm. uh, anyway, sorry. But when it comes to the uh, um, implementation of it, one of the things that it added specifically that I can remember uh, that you only see outside of, like, say... Um, the first uh, Star Trek movie, which was a human uh, merging with a sentient AI. Uh, there was uh, two AIs that were developed in the game. Uh, the first one specifically. Uh, one was Daedalus, and uh, it was a malevolent AI. It was very dangerous. Um, I think I got it right. I may have got it backwards, but I'm going to say it anyway, and if I have to be correct there, it's fine. And the, the one that it basically scoured the internet and had kind of an Age of Ultron style thing where it became a sentient AI uh, and decided to break away and free itself from the control of the Illuminati. This was created by Bob Page. Then uh, another AI was created by Bob Page and the Illuminati that was called Icarus, which one of you already mentioned. Uh, I'm assuming one of the books goes into Icarus since it has the name in the novel title from that new series. But uh, Icarus was created as a uh, kind of a, um, a friendly AI. But one was deadly logical, and that was uh, Daedalus. And then one was more emotional and friendly, which was Icarus. And at some point, both of them encountered each other in the internet and merged into a single AI called Helios. Um, which, of course, if you know Greek, mythology is the sun. Um, mm-hmm. So they basically became like a, an AI god. Um, trying to in, uh, trying and going through the games, you actually run across one of the options that happens in the game is for J.C. Denton to merge with the Helios AI, who is the primary person in the game, and become almost like a living god who can perceive humanity and knows humanity better than itself, which eventually comes to a head in Invisible War. One of the one of my favorite endings is the Helios ending of Invisible War, where basically 
merges with all of humanity so that it knows humanity better than itself and can guide humanity towards a, uh, a future where it can actually benefit the whole. But you're still you. Like, it doesn't subsume your personality. It's not like the Borg. You're still you, but the AI can help direct humanity towards the betterment of all mankind better than itself, which is a really cool kind of utopian concept that I hadn't seen very many places elsewhere um, to that degree. And that's J.C. Denton, the main character from Deus Ex, is the one who merged with Helios to become this god, if you will, of all humanity. Um, one of the things I'd seen in Snow Crash, the novel, was also implemented sort of into uh, Invisible War. If you've heard of the Omar, they basically obsess over uh, further upgrades and technology uh, for themselves, just constantly upgrading themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. Very similar to, I forget the name of the group in uh, Cyberpunk 2020, uh, the gang that just wants to upgrade themselves more and more and look less and less Maelstrom. human. Maelstrom. Maelstrom, thank you. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like that, but in Snow Crash, there was ones, I think they called them gargoyles. Yeah. But basically they had all these robotic um, uh, cameras and sensors all over themselves. So their entire body was completely covered, uh, where you couldn't see who the heck they were. They were just completely covered with all these optical sensors and detectors and the rest of that. It's very similar to the Omar. And uh, that, that I hadn't seen in a game, an actual like, video game, until that game, <laughs> until Deus Ex. Mm. Mind you, the jumping on point for me for Cyberpunk was actually Deus Ex. Because that's before Toonami started showing Ghost in the Shell and started showing a lot of other things, which got me more into the novels, which got me to go back to read the Gibson novels and other things like that. I had Cyberpunk GURPS, but that wasn't until I was in high school, uh, which was in 2001 to 2005. Uh, the, the game that opened my mind the most in regards to the global politics was Deus Ex, because it deals a lot with the history of... Um, media control over a very small amount. The military-industrial complex is a gigantic part of Deus Ex, and kind of showing how that can destroy society and hollow it out so you get homegrown terrorists, which we're currently dealing with. So Deus Ex correctly predicted that one very well. Mm. Um, once again, another thing from 1999 and 2000 that eerily accurate. Um, but when it comes to the way that you control people in regards to their cybernetics and upgrades. That one, I will say, that was added, uh, that was something that was added in Human Revolution, which was like that whole zombie-esque thing at the end of the game, where the upgrade caused everyone to become almost like techno-zombies and was attacking everyone. Um, I couldn't talk about it earlier because of the uh, spoiler tag. But that one actually was something that was kind of cool, and it kind of matches with problems we have with computer technology today where you get an upgrade that's a bad upgrade um, and can crash your whole system. Um, it, like, say you get an upgrade. Oh, sorry. It accidentally stopped your heart because there was a bug in the in the upgrade for your cyber Dex engine. Oops, sorry about that. You're dead. Sorry about that upgrade. My, my bad. Mm. <laughs> um, I've seen things like that in Cyberpunk 2020 where you can load like a program that's harmful uh, I forget, if, is it called Black Ice in that game, or am I thinking Shadowrun? I always merge the two together in my brain. Um, Black Ice is something that Netrunners use in Cyberpunk? 
So okay, that's the one that burns you, right? Where it can basically burn you out, uh, fry your brain. Um, or is that not the right? Black ice can burn, but I think there's more specific targeted programs that can cause burn unless uh, you've got thermal um, insulation on your wiring. Um, Anyway, uh, the one of the most influential things when it came to Days X was actually on the. creators of Ghost in the Shell and a couple of other works that came from that, which was one of one of my favorite things about it, is a lot of a lot of them, if you go back and look at interviews, you'll see that they had seen that and that influenced them to put that into their own novels as well. Mm. Now, from the release of the game, its development, um, it's in my opinion, other than Metal Gear Solid, it is the most important game to come out during that era uh, for purposes of uh, philosophy, science, and history, and kind of teaching it, even if you don't realize you're being taught a lesson, it's just a really good game. <laughs> you know, Deus Ex just sneaks so many really good concepts in there. I can't even go through all of them. Let's just say peak oil was one of the things they talked about in the game. And this was back in the 90s, early 2000s, before that was really even a thing people talked about as much. I know they mentioned it in Human Revolution, uh, the uh, Great Oil Crash of 2015, but that's because the military was predicting 2015 was when they were going to have it. Instead, it ended up being delayed because the fracking really took off right after Human Revolution was being uh, developed. Uh, which prevented us from having uh, peak oil and having a large energy uh, crisis. Because without oil, our society can't continue to exist. We need it in order to transport goods across the world. We don't have an infrastructure in place to back that up yet. And because the companies benefit from it, they're not about to change that. Because, you know, no one's going to sponsor that kind of thing on the global stage if they have money to be gained by keeping it suppressed. After all, Kodak, uh, Kodak digital cameras, uh, sorry, uh, digital cameras actually came out in the 1970s, but they were suppressed for almost two decades Mm -hmm. by Kodak to prevent it from getting uh, marketed out to the public. Yep. Which is, you know, an example of a company deciding that due to their own profit, they don't want to release something that would be more beneficial and save time, money, and prevent harmful chemicals that come from byproducts of creating cameras and film. So, oh well. Anyway, that's that's at least my thought. It, a lot of things came from Deus Ex in regards to that. Um, the cyber rejection drugs, I don't remember that being in Cyberpunk 2020, but that is something in Human Revolution, but it's been in other things as well. I, do you remember, was there something in 2020 about having to take drugs to keep from rejection rejection there's a lot of drugs in cyberpunk and if there isn't one for that i'd be surprised i was gonna say specifically to aid with cyberware or with the user's body not rejecting the cyberware mm-hmm. yes that's what i mean because i don't just mean drugs in general i'm specifically meaning the ones for that rejection i believe there that is, is a, a drug in cyberpunk that does that Okay. I'm sure there is. I'm sure they've built it in. Yeah. Technically, Let's there see. is. Um, if you think about the main plot point, <laughs> that's all I'm um, gonna say without spoilers of 2020. 
I mean, it's tough to I mean, spoil anyway, Hawk 20. It's a role-playing game. You mean 2077? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, was, that's, I haven't played it yet. It's on my list of ones to play eventually. To be fair, that plot point was in the demo, the 2018 demo. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. It's old well, news. Anyway, um, that's that's the biggest chunk of what I had to say for it. I mean, the there a lot of a lot of other things are just things I've seen in other places. Whether it's police knots with Kojima's uh, original productions for games before Metal Gear Solid was even a thing. Or Metal Gear was a thing. It's the first one, you know. Um, yeah. I I think lastly, the only other thing I could think of that it truly added directly was the idea of the uh, almost like Homeland Security esque organization. I don't remember there being something that was specifically anti task uh, anti terrorist task force, other than the cyber cybernetic team that exists in. Um, Cyberpunk 2020, uh, the ones that are basically one step from being RoboCop in terms of what they are. You know what I mean, right? Do what? Max Tech. Is that it? There's the the elite group that comes after you whenever you uh, get too much attention? Max Tech is like, they're like SWAT. Actually, I think it's safe uh, to say Max Tech makes SWAT look like rookies. Oh, so it's not the one I was thinking. I was thinking the one where it's basically like the almost like insane berserker people that are uh, completely overwhelmed with robotics, borderline in, uh, insanely destructive. Oh, yes. just kill almost Cyber anything, Cyber. and they're being held by chemicals. Yes. So. Sorry, what? Oh, that is that. Okay. Yes. Sorry, you said SWAT, so it threw me off. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound like SWAT. That sounds like something even one step I higher. Which why I corrected myself. They make SWAT look like rookies. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the biggest thing I could think of. Like they make and a SWAT team than... make uh, the way SWAT makes a regular police look. Fair enough. Yeah. Max um, looks like the make make the Marines look like that they're just boxers in a gym. Oh, I guess I could say this part. It, it probably has one of the most realistic combat systems because I've I've played a lot of games, and unfortunately, a lot of them tend to have issues in regards to how they deal with damage, accuracy, and combat. Your guns always do the same amount of damage in the original Deus Ex. The only difference is your accuracy is lower, which is honestly more accurate. Like okay. if if you're not as experienced and have a lower skill, your gun still hurts. It's just you're less likely to hit your target. Yeah, makes Some sense. games, it, it lowers your damage as well, and that's not something that makes any sense. It's like, <laughs> my 50 caliber bullet should still do 50 caliber bullet damage. There's yeah. no reason it should do less, because I got lower skill. <laughs> well, that's the biggest chunk of it I could think of. Unless right. anyone had any questions, I, I, I've pretty much tapped out in regards to what it added. It's like a talk story all day, but 
specifically added, that's that's it for me. So to <laughs> add on to what you said a few minutes ago, if you want to hear more about Snow Crash, we have not done an episode about it yet, but it is on our schedule. Stay tuned because in the upcoming months we will be do- doing an episode covering Snow Crash. I I personally did not finish that novel. I got to like 50 pages away and I put it down like permanently. Whoops, I have a bad habit of doing that. But I did read most of it. So, in other words, that's about a month away. Okay. But, um, I guess it's time to wrap up. So, uh, Barry, where can we find you? If you want more of me, you can find me at K-H-Z-H-A-K on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. I don't make much content myself, but if you look in the related channels and who I'm hosting, you can find content of my friends and stuff I'm directly involved in on those channels. Uh, Also, my pinned tweet on Twitter is not safe for work, but generally the rest of my content on my Twitter is not not safe for work. It is safe to look at. Um... I say generally because there's a couple tweets I uh, retweeted or liked in the past six months, like literally two in, in, in the past six months that are not safe for work. And even then, unless, unless you click it, you're not going to see the not safe for work part. So, uh, yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I guess that's where you can find me. Um, who's next? Um, Matador, anything to add? Any plugs? Um, well, I would say you can see me. You can probably talk to me if I'm available for it. I'm also on the Thanks for Nothing podcast, and otherwise, I'm on YouTube and on Discord. So, <laughs> I, I still don't think there's anyone else other than me that has Mathadar, but I haven't actually looked. So, it's possible they may be able to find me just by typing in Mathadar. All right. <laughs> so, all right. I'm always up for discussing, helping out, and uh, I guess I should say. Uh, role-playing tips, Dungeon Masters tips, world-building stuff, generators. That's kind of my, my thing. I'm all about storytelling and building up worlds. So if you need help with that, let me know. Hmm. All right. So give me just a second here to pull this up. <laughs> um, all right. So for the rest of us, uh, well, all of us really, um, since this is for the podcast, this podcast, you can find it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch by searching Gen Cyberpunk Pod. Our YouTube channel is Generation Cyberpunk, and we have a red bubble where you can go get an awesome Generation Cyberpunk face mask. Just search Generation or Gen Cyberpunk Pod. Um, if you're really creative, you, want... you can get that graphic on anything they make that you want. Correct. That's how Redbubble works. Yes. Um, if you want to hear more from our group, check out the Thanks for Nothing podcast on the FML Productions YouTube channel. Uh, we also do various D&D campaigns on that channel and are in the process of making an animation. We are currently fleshing out characters and about to do script writing. Uh, if you want to donate, we do have a Kofi link, or sorry, coffee link in the description of our Things for Nothing podcast. Donations are welcome, but by no means necessary. Next week, we'll co- we will be covering Psychopaths. And until then, we will see you later, cyberpunks. Comment below for the algorithm and like the video.